0: Every single Wednesday I go to the shop, spend more than I should on comments about my pool and a can of pop. It's Wednesday I want to go to the shop. Even Welcome if to my Captain Polis Podcast. Back, I'm, I'm uh, your host, Kendall. With with me as always is my uh, co-host, Jer uh, Reed. Well, I yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert! Sorry, Jerry. My last name is. It could be Wenzel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Wenzel for the rest of the podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Red. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, well, first thing I thought I was like. Uh, it'd be funny if they named her Carl, bro. Mike. Well, Carol isn't exactly C A R L, so obviously that wouldn't work. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, Carl probably wouldn't work either. But that was kind of funny. <laughs> Cut your joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's Any-
0: anyway, yeah, yeah, it has, it has. I looked, and we recorded the last one at the end of January. So technically I think I did release an episode in January and in February. It's just that the year end thing was supposed to be a bonus thing and it kind of turned into a not bonus thing. Itself. Yeah. But okay.
1: That's cool. Well, I, I have, uh, as we kind of talked earlier this week, I have just had so many books. I, for whatever reason, it might've been like the week before last, I just didn't get to any of them apparently. I felt like I had like four books left over from the previous week and that does not happen very often. Um, so I've been playing catch up a little bit. So
0: I had just last week, $37 worth of books. Just, just last week, not buying any extra things or anything. And you're not reading. I don't think you're reading most of the books that, that are, that are where this is happening. So it may be happening other, other places, but Avengers, Went to, so, so uh, it's, it is okay. So it was already twice a month, right? But at any time you have a twice a month book with Marvel, sometimes they just randomly put out four in a month or three in a month or something. Right. Yeah. Avengers also has no road home, which they tricked me into reading uh. because they, um they, it has legacy numbering. Like it has the, it has the number and then it also has the legacy numbering. And I mean, I don't, I don't know why that even matters to me because I don't, it's not like I have a run of Avengers. I mean, I've only been reading Avengers since the beginning of Jason Aaron's run, which is, um, we're 16 issues in now, which also tells you a lot that has come out fast. Um, but, uh. But yeah, we're, yeah. So, so that's coming out. And I think that came out three times in the last month. Like it was, it looked, it felt like it was, it did come out at least two weeks in a row. And then yeah, No Road Home is a weekly book. Okay. Yeah. So I'm reading minimum six Avengers issues a month now. Ooh, that's a bunch. And and Spider-Man also officially the, the hunted event is a weekly event. And that is just the main, the main book is now weekly for the next 10 issues. And then also the uh, the Star Wars book that I'm reading, uh, I it may only be twice, it may only technically be twice monthly, but it felt like it was weekly. So <laughs> it's like yes, everything's everything came out, yeah. Yeah, but, everything uh, did. Yeah, but, but yeah, tell us. To, I'll, I, I I I stole your thunder there.
1: What what have you been reading? Oh no, you're fine. Um, I decided to kind of curate my list of books to only kind of pick out um, some good ones because there were some good ones, but there's awful lot of middle of the road. I wouldn't say um, there's probably only one book that I had that I picked up that I just couldn't read all the way through. I just to put it down. I was just so bored. Um, but Let's not talk about the bad books. Um <laughs> We saw the conclusion of the Mark Millar's uh, The Magic Order. It was a six-issue series, which looks like it may turn into uh, just be volume one of many more stories. And um, the quick version of the story is that um, there is a family of um, – I said musicians – of magicians. Um, and now there's an evil team of magicians and apparently there's this um, – big magic book that has all these dark spells and all this black magic that no one's allowed to perform and all this other stuff and so they're killing everyone that's in the magic order to get this book and all this other stuff and um, as they've been picking everybody off it finally comes to a head with the the black sheep daughter against the the evil people and the little twist that takes place i won't ruin it but it is um it it was excellent it was really good um some really interesting storytelling and Mark Millar does a really good job of making it just vulgar and weird um, and kind of gross enough to keep it kind of interesting but not go too far overboard. He has just some weird like dominatrix sex stuff involved in there just for the fun of it. Um, so he always likes to kind of spice it up a little bit. But um, he's been – um, doing pretty good with these kind of short little stories, and mm-hmm. it's always interesting to see uh, what come out by Netflix. So um, that was that would be something if um, you know. Since I collected the issues, I wouldn't buy the the trade, but if you get your hands on a trade, I think it'd be worth a read. It's it was a good enough story. Um, sticking with image, uh, Gideon Falls. Um, we're on number eleven, and. Um, the stories finally come together, you're starting to get an idea of what's really going on. And this is quickly turning into kind of like a horror story. I think it always did have a little bit of the roots in horror where you kinda of see where it's going from. But I think it's definitely turning into a full fledged horror story and a bunch of interesting, kinda of paranormal, weird twists are sort of going on. And it was just um a really weird story. you really had no idea what was going until kind of the last two issues. So um that was uh, definitely worth the payoff of all that stuff, and that's a Jeff Lemire book, and it's been, um, and it was um, uh, Andreas Oriento, um Sorrentino. My bad. Um, they've worked on. I can't. I wish I could remember what the other books they worked on. They did some stuff with Marvel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Old Man Logan. That's what it was, because Jeff Lemire did like the first arc of that, or the first two. Um, and I think they decided to work together after that. But this is really some experimental stuff, like art style stuff, that – like layout wise that you don't see in other comic books. Um, and that's something too. I would say if you can get your hands on the trade or the individual issues, um, mm-hmm. definitely worth a good read.
0: So I'm not reading any image books.
1: Um, <laughs> well, that's why I figured I could get those out of the way. Yeah, so yeah, sure yeah. I have a lot of cross Man, yeah, for.
0: man. I, I will, I will say, like I've, I just. I'm so entrenched in the deep, in the big two right now. There's just no room for no room for indie books, except for, uh, except for walking dead. If that can really be considered an indie book. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. But, but, uh, so first of all, let me tell you about this Avengers, no road home, because if it wasn't, if it was, if it wasn't good, I wouldn't still be reading it. Like I complain about it. I complained about it being weekly and like having way too many books which is more of a general complaint about stuff. And I have never, I mean, I've never like, I've never been one to say that more is bad inherently. Uh, But I do think there are limits because if I, there are certain characters that I want to be reading something of them. Like I'm in the mood to be keeping up with them. And if there's too many books, books, for them, if I can't keep up with those characters uh without reading a weekly book uh I don't know <laughs> but so I will say like I'm starting to because I because I used to be like the the polar opposite I used to be like no, more is always better because it's always gonna be there and you can always revisit it as long as it's good and I'd rather <laughs> you know i I do like twice I do think twice a month is is aggressive but manageable in in a lot of situations. And I'd rather have a consistent, you know, a consistent book coming out than, you know, five or six weeks between issues or like back in the day, like Astounding Wolfman by Robert Kirkman, which would come out like once every three months. And it's like this, I can't even remember what happened in the last issue. And nothing happened in this issue. <laughs> I think with the, with the way that comics are written now, More frequency, but man, six Avengers issues a month is a lot, but, uh, no road home is like, I, it's barely an Avengers book. It's a book in, I think they kind of sort of call themselves Avengers, but it's none of the characters from the current lineup of Avengers. It's like Hawkeye and incredible Hulk and Hercules and the vision and Scarlet Witch and a couple of like super minor characters who probably like showed up in Jonathan Hickman's run or something. Um, but the premise is this, uh, I can't even remember what her name is, but this like evil goddess type person ha- showed up and murdered, showed up to Olympus, like of Greek God fame and murdered like Zeus and Ares and all the, I don't know if he murdered Ares, if she murdered Ares, cause he's actually a Marvel character, but like, like Hermes and all the Zeus and Hermes and all the, all the Olympians like just showed up and murdered them. And uh, then there's like this whole, so it's, and there's lots of confusing, like obscure Greek God stuff. And uh, Hercules is very central to it, obviously because that was his family. Uh, But also there's an interesting dynamic with this. This Hawkeye is not Hawk guy. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is like a more like a more an older version of like an older school version of Hawkeye, like pre Matt Fraction Hawkeye, Okay. if that makes sense. Like he feels yeah. more like when he was in New Avengers or even I didn't I didn't use like I didn't I haven't read like old school West Coast Avengers stuff. But from from what I hear and from what I gather, this is more closer to a lot closer to that character um, than the, you know, more serious, the, the sort of. Guy that's stumbling around and uh, it it's just been it's been really enjoyable. And it also kind of like it's confusing in a good way. Like, you know how, like, especially like when you first start reading comics and and you read a story and it's like kind of overwhelming and you don't necessarily understand everything, every single thing that's going on. But but you still are kind of just going with it.
1: Yeah, it's that
0: feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's it's something that happens. I mean, it still happens from time to time, but this definitely, I got that sense. Like, I kind of felt like I was reading, because, I mean, I was reading an Avengers book full of uh, Avengers characters who I don't know that much about. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I haven't read a lot of Hawkeye, especially not this take on Hawkeye. And um, Incredible Hulk is a character who has been kind of reinvented and reinterpreted so many times. Like I don't totally know What's which, ver- which version of that character I'm seeing here. I'm seeing there. And, uh, and I mean, Hercules, I mean, I read he's, he's the hurt. He feels the same as he did, uh, whatever, 10 years ago when he was in, uh, Mighty Avengers by Dan Slott, but <laughs> it's been a long time since I read that too. So it's just, it's an interesting uh, kind of, it's, it's very different from Jason Aaron's Avengers, which is a more, a more A-list team, but man, this last arc was so good. It just ended and um, they're fighting vampires, they're fighting Dracula and this other group of like evil vampire hunters and, uh, yeah, there, there's a, they're, they're doing a lot of interesting thing with things with, uh, the, with the kid ghostwriter guy and, uh, and, uh, blade blade has been really interesting in the, uh, in, in the, in the, in the thing. And yeah, it's, it's like, I, it's, there's too much, but I like it, <laughs> you know? He's, uh, and I, I, yeah, I do think, I do think, cause I know you dropped off of Avengers. I,
1: he, yeah, I figured like once it got interesting, yeah. that's, that's how it happens.
0: Yeah. But you know what? Uh, the, this last arc was good. And also, so, you know, so you can always go back and read this last arc and also like, I feel like going forward, it's going to be, it's going to continue to be good. So it would be worth, might be picking worth giving a, picking back up. I mean, it's yeah. Jason Aaron at the end yeah, of the day, I, it was
1: a little dumb, like drop it. I, I, I knew it. I knew. And that was It's like, maybe I really wanted it to be good. So like, let me draw, I'll, I'll sacrifice my reading just so it can be good. So. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, I dropped,
0: no. I dropped off of Tom King's Batman right when it got good. I mean, it's, you. Ha- it happens. Like, yeah. you know, you, you have a writer who, and I mean, and frankly, Avengers is hard to write. I think, uh, this is the this, uh, this is one of the longer runs that I've actually where I've actually stuck with Avengers because usually you know it's a team book they maybe they focus on the characters that I don't care as much about or maybe I don't care about any of the characters or maybe they don't spend enough time with them to, for it to real feel this real depth but I do think Jace, Jason Aaron you know with Star Wars I mean his Star Wars run uh, demonstrated that he can he can tell a story with, a lot of a lot of a list characters and do yeah. do interesting things with a lot of them. And I mean yeah, that first the first arc, I mean even I'd say maybe the first 10 or 12 issues were kind of hit and miss. So I don't think there's anything wrong with with taking a break from the book, but yeah, just this yeah. this last arc especially he just sort of has figured out. Oh,
1: I saw Blade on the cover. I'm like, no, that looks awesome. I'm ready to have Blade in it for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, when Blade joined the book, uh, it might have been he may have he may have joined it an issue, like an issue earlier. It's like the, it's like they planned this vampire based story and they added Blade to the line, the roster. He Blade might have have joined the team just a little bit earlier. Than, uh, than the actual like vampire story, but the vampire story itself that is, is just real, has just been really good. It's been like the last, I don't know, it's somewhere between two and six issues. I yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Uh, but, uh, but he just, he's kind of come, he's kind of come into his own. And I mean, the, you know, who knows, maybe the next arc will be weak, but I mean, it's Jason Aaron. So, you know, he's one of the best yeah, guys in comics not. right now
1: on so this is going to be his big magnum opus with uh, war of the realms this is everything that's been his whole four run has been leading up to so you think he's going to drop the ball <laughs> i mean i mean these big
0: crossover events a lot of times especially if it's the the thing that everything's been leading to uh who knows but i also like I, I I have a lot of respect for his Thor stuff. Um, it's it if you step away from it, it's hard to get back in like his Thor stuff is, is really, really dense. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, yeah, I'm, although I'm sure that I'm sure that war of the realms will be to some degree approachable for people who haven't been reading it. Um,
1: I can, I'm interested I'll, to see who's going to be writing on it because I'm sure he's not going to be handling all of the. Obviously, the story's going to be a lot of crossovers. I wonder if there's going to be anybody else handling some of the stuff. I'm sure he'll probably handle the main Thor. Yeah. Well, there's going to be some crossover stuff, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. But I'm,
0: uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean, if all my books keep going weekly, I might not be able to read it. I may have to skip it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't. I really haven't heard much of anything about it. I'll probably, I mean, maybe pick up the first issue. I'm not as like that Infinity, Infinity Warped or Infinity Wars or whatever the Infinity War. Yeah, I big that, yeah. crossover that was la- from last year. I just had no desire, like nothing about it. You, appealed did, to yeah, me. you did
1: fine with that. I think with this being in Jason Aaron's hands, I think at least I feel a little bit more comfortable. And I'm interested to see if they bring like what Gore, the God Butcher, back and. uh, uh um, old four. Maybe they'll have all three Thors in the same time beating up on Malekith. What so. was,
0: what was the event called that Jason Aaron did a few years ago with the, oh, uh, there was the, that basically signed lined Nick Fury. What
1: was it? Uh, Sin original sin. Uh, yeah. Original yeah. Sin. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was I, a, actually, that was a book. Yeah, I remember reading it and thought like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Probably just because they had like the mysteriousness of, you know, what did they tell them?
0: Yeah, that was that was a book that I I read after the fact kind of all at once. So I don't remember any of it. Like I, I, I skipped the actual event, which is weird because I liked Jason Aaron back then. I've always liked Jason Aaron ever since – like I think he was writing Wolverine back when I first started reading comics and I mean – He's good, but, uh, but I
1: don't ever see like original sin getting that much press maybe or push because I mean, I, I think when that came out, I was reading a lot of Marvel and I'm kind of surprised why I didn't actually pick that up uh, during the time and came back and read it on unlimited. Yeah. I mean,
0: I mean, I think everybody skips events from that, from time to time. Yeah. Um, and especially, especially like now that they do multiples within short periods of time, yeah. I don't know what else was going on at the time, but like I was thinking um, this is kind of a uh, off track thing, but that's what we do here. Yeah. Um, There was kind of a, so, so the other day uh, I was on the DC, uh, uh, the DC universe uh, forums, which are really interesting <laughs> because there's a lot of, it seems like there's a lot of people who are really diving into comics for the first time with the DC universe app. Okay. And somebody posted and they said, could somebody, uh, could somebody give me a reading order from infinite crisis to flashpoint? <laughs> and I was like, that's like five years of comics. So, so that was, an, you know, that is the entire old 52 era of comics, right? You know, uh, so from, from infinite crisis and then, you know, into 52 into, uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know the specific order, but like final, the events like final crisis and, uh, and um, blackest night. And then, you know, eventually, eventually flashpoint. And there may have been one or two other events in there too, that I'm forgetting. But, uh, Marvel had that too, for a while. It seemed like, cause you had civil war led into world war Hulk, led into secret invasion, led into dark rain, led into siege and then fear itself. Right. Did I miss any big ones?
1: Um, between that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in those, you know, three or four years in like the, from like 2006 to, and I mean, house of M was before, but I kind of feel like it's, I kind of feel like it started with civil war. Yeah. Dark rain was out. Yeah. Dark rain was actually 10 years ago, almost exactly 10 years ago. Um, and then, and then I think siege and fear itself were kind of the, yeah. the last, the last two. And, uh, and then it kind of, and then I do feel like there was a kind of soft reboot after that stretch of Marvel and, and since then they've, they've Is that been Marvel now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the red label. It, so they had, they had age of, I think there was like age of heroes may have Herbolic come out. Age? the heroic age. Yeah. That may have come out right after that, but it kind of, it went from where like, like this really, really tight continuity to doing more of the soft reboots and, but also doing more like eventually. And, and this, you know, this happened during that era too, but like Spider-Man just stopped tying into all the, to all the, uh, all the crossovers yeah. and, and, You know, so you'd have like, I think usually the Avengers were in the crossovers and then whatever other ones. So they, so these big company crossovers were much more disjointed. You had more like Spider-Man centric events like Spider Island. Um, It's just, uh, it's, it, it seems like now with, with very few exceptions, like, I mean, I feel like, and maybe this is just because these are the ones that I read, but I feel like Secret Wars and then, um, I mean, Secret Wars was literally every single Marvel book tied into it. And then uh, the other, and then the one with Captain America. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, was secret so Empire, sh- Secret Empire. Yeah,
1: that's um, a secret
0: something. Yeah. Like those ones really seemed like they... And Civil War Two, I guess uh, that that one was was pretty was pretty big, you know, across the board. But some of these lesser events are just yeah, they're lesser events. Like you know, Avengers versus X Men from a while you know, the back. Spider Verse is good. It's, it's technically an event, but it's mm-hmm. pretty much spider contained. It's right. kind of like those. Yeah, Spider Verse and Spider geddon which you know, which just wrapped up in, in yeah. a little a little while, a few months ago. Um, but yeah, it's it's much. Seems the Marvel Universe seems much less centralized than it used to be, and that's not a criticism. Like, I think being able to pick up, I I think making clear jumping on points is good.
1: They're actually going to be going with the new DC Universe movie strategy, where nothing's connected, and you'll be lucky to see any superheroes together. And then they realize that they made what ten years worth of mistakes of getting really good actors to play. Really are key characters. Just <laughs> screw it all up. Yeah. So many <laughs> oh, <they> rant-free people. <laughs>
0: so um Oh, okay, so I wanted to I wanted to talk also about the other weekly book. Um Spider-Man Hunted. Or it's I mean it's amazing it's amazing Spider-Man, but there but it's coming out weekly, and instead yeah. of just making it issues 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, etc., it's sixteen. 16 point huh 17 <laughs> 17 point huh heu um and it's basically the first issue of it was was really good i think it started with issue 16 um
1: the clones of craven
0: uh yeah, so – oh, you're, you're reading it, aren't you?
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, so he, he makes his clones and the one clone comic murders comic all the rest of you. them.
1: Yeah, it's a total weird comic book story, which is why I love it so I'm like, oh, look, it's going to be like another clone saga. And you see all these cravens and I'm like, is that what it's going to be is like 20 cravens were Spider-Man? I'm like, no, nah, it's going to be just – the son that murders all the other
0: ones. Yeah, yeah, and then they – and all the – like. So Cra- Craven the Hunter is an interesting character because, you know, Spider-Man is a character that I've obviously been reading for freaking almost 15 years now. I'm old. I realized recently that I'm starting to say 15 years instead of 10 years about things, <laughs> you know, because, you know, because you're always referencing stuff from when you're 18 years old or whatever. Yeah, sure. you know, and I'm going on. I'm 31. So anyway, uh, <laughs> well, you know. Still moving in that same direction,
1: yeah. That's um, true,
0: but uh, anyway, uh, I feel like Craven is a character who he is not used all the time in, in Spider Man, c- especially considering how prominent a character he is. Like, not like you know, Green Goblin is everywhere, and uh,
1: he's underutilized, in my opinion.
0: So so I kind of think he's just the right amount utilized because every time he comes up, like the last time I can think of him was the Craven's it was sort of the, the Craven's first hunt where he had like his family and there were some other, there were a couple of things during like the kind of brand new day era. So that was, you know, that was five years ago probably or more. Um, And I mean, Craven's last hunt of course is like one of the only, it's one of the only like uh, things you could, you could put up with like Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen when it comes to Spider-Man stories. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the person who's read, who's only, who literally the only comic they've ever read is Watchmen. They might pick up Craven's last Hunt because, because Because, it's like on that level in a way that most Spider-Man stories just aren't. I mean, good, bad or indifferent. Spider-Man stories are usually not, self-contained that way at very least. Yeah. Like
1: well, in Spider-Man or like Batman stories, there's going to be a lot of them. There's going to be some really good ones. And yeah. that's just kind of going to lose that stand out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, but, and, and the interesting thing is, cause like I've also been reading Batman for a while and Batman in the comics doesn't use Joker all the time. Um, so Joker, really not much at all. You think about it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when Joker shows up in the comics, it's kind of a big deal. The difference is that in other media, the Joker is, is ubiquitous with Batman. If Batman shows up, the Joker is almost always there in almost every incarnation. You know, the Joker showed up in the second Christian Bale movie, even though like Batman begins, like they could have gone any direction they want. You know, they could have, Completely ignored the Joker, but no, it shows up in dark Knight. You know, he's all over the animated series. He's all over, you know, just, just every, you know, every single Arkham game, the real villain is actually the Joker.
1: Yeah.
0: And like, <laughs> like, uh, so, but, but that's not how Craven is. And I mean, I, and I couldn't think of a Batman villain equivalent because really the, the Batman villains the A-list Batman villains tend to show up. You know, Penguin tends to show up. Mister Freeze tends to show up. He'd Poison like tends hush. to show up.
1: He probably the like a hush. A hush will show up every once in a while, um, like a Black Mask, maybe. Yeah, but like they're not as,
0: but they're not as iconic as. as yeah, no, I agree
1: with that. Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be like you know, something like the Last Halloween or something like that, or with the Long Halloween. or, yeah. But, but yeah, it'd be something like that where it's, yeah, it's more of an iconic story more than. Uh, well, I think with Craven, for me, it's like, I re- yeah, I remember Craven's last hunt more than I necessarily remember the character. Um, um, but I'm, I'm actually excited to see, hopefully, more of him. Um, and I think the last time I saw him was in uh, Captain America when. Um, oh, yeah, he did fight Captain, Captain America.
0: The- yeah. Yeah, in the Mark Wade run. Yeah, I felt like it's been forever since before then. But yeah, but even that was just for one issue.
1: Yeah, but I mean that was probably – I mean I don't remember – well, again, not that I'm like that well-read when I come to think about it. But um, like I can't remember anybody else or any other kind of superhero using him in any of his other stories. So mm-hmm. it's kind of neat. But well, oh, I like him. As a villain. So I'm interested to see where this goes.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, I think there's a lot they can do with him and it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, it's fun to have a, what feels like a major Spider-Man story, like a big deal Spider-Man story. Cause we've kind of had
1: involved 30 Spider-Man.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Cause well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause we've had, well, yeah, we have had like the spider events, but those are kind of separate from the, from the, from the regular ongoing Spider-Man book. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I guess that's the thing. But like, even, I mean, even Spider-Geddon didn't feel like, like, I guess I, I enjoyed Spider-Geddon for what it was. I I didn't read all the tie-ins and stuff like I did with Spider-Verse, but I also kind of knew that I would never think about that comic again. You know, this, this feels like, you know, it feels like this could be on the level of like new ways to die or, uh, or even, I mean something, you know, even the superior Spider-Man superior Spider-Man or something like where it's like a, an arc that kind of, I, when I think back on Nick Spencer's run, I'm going to say this was one of those arcs.
1: Yeah. That's what I hope so. And I think will this be pretty much his first kind of Spider-Man event.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, that's the thing. Like, this is the first because I mean his his other stuff has been pretty. Um, it's been a lot of fun, but it's been pretty mu- like low level, kind of mundane, kind of just world building and and, yeah, cause and stuff. It, yeah,
1: it doesn't. Have, I haven't felt. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed the stories, but it hasn't felt like oh wow, this is you know really that. Mm-hmm. Well, impactful. Or- yeah. I
0: think some people have really enjoyed his run because they were done with, cause they stopped reading Spider-Man with Dan Slott. Uh, and, and so, you know, kind of coming in and just these first, these first two or three arcs have just been just like kind of, uh, bread and butter Spider-Man stories, just straightforward, yeah. you know, reestablishing, you know, this is this is what all the fanboys wanted getting Peter back, Peter Parker back together with Mary Jane, you know, uh having him, be, you know, getting rid of his company, having him kind of be a screw up. You know, this is, this is the,
1: you know, this He's is definitely not him owning his own company and
0: right. Not being Iron Man light. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Iron Man light. Like, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean.
0: Which I, I mean, I was, I love, I loved the big time story. I loved everything that, you know, everything that came after that. I think that I'll, I mean, I'll admit that sometimes Dan slot, there was like a point where you could kind of tell that Dan slot was a little bit like, why well, am no, I still writing this? Like yeah. I even read an interview where he basically talked a little bit about when he had decided to leave, like when he had said, you know, I'm going to eight, eight Oh one is, is my last, is my last issue because it, he wanted to, it had to do with like the number of Spider-Man issues that he had written. Like he, he would have been like the most or the second most or something like that, or percentage wise of whatever. But, but like he, the, the last, you know, the last, until it until it got closer to the end, when it was like really the end is coming, you know, he kind of ramped up. But there were there was a little while in there, kind of uh, after yeah. after the return of Peter after Peter Parker came back and before uh, the clone the, his clone saga thing uh, the clone conspiracy that there was some yeah there was some kind of treading water uh, the Parker Industries stuff was.
1: Zodiac stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Zodiac stuff. Yeah, that was there was some of it was kind of hit and miss, but I also like.
1: But I also well, like. I mean, I was. It wasn't you, bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's way worse comics out there. Oh than yeah, yeah. Zodiac Spider Man. Yeah, um, and then they had really nice, Alec Ross covers to go with it. But uh-huh. it was still good. But it was just yeah, just kind yeah. Of and
0: and some stuff. people, and for some people, they they dropped off. I think if it was not. There was a, there was some, ru- there was a run in there where if it wasn't Spider-Man, if it was a different, con- like if it was Batman and I was enjoying it the level that I was enjoying it, uh, I probably would have dropped off for a little while. Um, yeah. and I do think, th- and I think that some people, cause this is why, and this is why I'm enjoying Green Lantern so much right now is some people, if they read a bad arc, cause this is what you do with comics, you get a bad arc and then you drop the book and you don't, you know, you don't give it another shot until there's a new creative team. And with Spider-Man, there wasn't a new creative team for five years <laughs> for 10. Yeah. You know, he was, I mean, Dan slot, Dan slot wrote his first issue of Spider-Man, his Spider-Man swing shift free comic book day edition, 2007.
1: Feels like such a long time. ago. So,
0: yeah. So he was, I mean, he was writing the character for, for over a decade. And even, even before he was the only writer, like he was one of the main architects of brand new day. Um, but so I think, I think some people, but yeah, some people dropped off and then this was their, this Nick Spencer stuff is their chance to, to jump back into Spider-Man and Nick Spencer took that opportunity to just write solid Spider-Man stories. And that's great. But this hunted thing is it's the, it's his, ch- now is his chance to like really make his mark long-term and it's going to be awesome. I guess that's my point.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I'm definitely looking forward to it.
0: So, uh, so green lantern, I know I keep bringing it up. Um, you said you missed the first issue. Uh,
1: I missed, I've, I've missed all of them. I saw the one came out this week. I'm waiting for the trade. I'm going to pick it up. So, so the one that came out this week is, is the start of a new
0: story arc. And, you could miss the first, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if it's the, the, those first, those first four issues had nothing to do with the story in issue five. You could pick up issue five and go from there. I don't know if they're going to collect it as six issues because you have to do six issues, but, um, but I mean, you could jump up, you could jump on it. Issue five is a perfect jumping on point.
1: Okay.
0: Um, when you start reading it, you'll think you missed something but it's because it kind of drops you in. Yeah. Um, but, and, and toward the end you see like they do a flashback of, of Ganthet explaining what happened, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's sort of, uh, he's, he's, uh, Hal Jordan is undercover, uh, going to be, uh, in the black star, something or dark star or something, some (laughs) evil, some evil organization he's training to be a part of. And, uh, I don't even I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it is just because I because I haven't read Green Lantern in so long or because they aren't uh because they aren't doing anything with the with the Red Lanterns and the Blue Lanterns and the Purple Lanterns and the Rainbow Lanterns and <laughs> everything. But it's just so this this Grant Morrison stuff is just so interesting. Like it's he's very much writing it just feels like a sci-fi space opera like it's, it's, That's it's good it's here. stuff.
1: I, I'm yeah. really mad that I missed out on the first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, jump on, I mean, figure out, yeah, I would say figure out what the actual end of the trade is. Cause I, you know, yeah. Cause I, I don't know, but this felt like the beginning of a new story arc. Um, the issues have been pretty self-contained anyway, but yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, how about the two, how about the two, uh, big DC events that are still chugging along. Um Heroes, and crisis Heroes, and, uh, Heroes and crisis in Crisis and Heroes in Crisis and Tuesday clock. So Heroes in Crisis, oh man, there was an issue
1: that came out this month. Six of nine? <laughs> oh my god. There's well at least we starting to get some headway into what's happening. Did,
0: yeah, did anything happen in this issue? I thought it was just another issue of people being depressed in nine panel
1: grids. Well yeah, but was it uh, Wally was was it Wally killing everybody and Booster stopped them?
0: I don't even remember. Like, it's still very... It seems very... uh, I think we established in this issue that a lot of the stuff that's happening is simulations. I think,
1: maybe... Yeah, that was a big part of it. Yeah, because that one dude... That's the thing, too. Like, I mean, great on uh, Tom King for using obscure characters, but, uh, yeah, it's really definitely not or hasn't been memorable enough for me.
0: Yeah. I just, I feel like this issue was just more treading water. Like so something, something needs to happen. I've got, I mean, we're six
1: issues in like, yeah. Only, yeah well, I mean, I think there's, I don't know if this are the variant covers, but I always thought those were kind of cool where they take like the, the snapshot of when someone dies or yeah, like yeah. something traumatic happens. Um, yeah this doesn't really seem that important to me. I don't know if it's just like DC's not putting it into it, but it just feels like something else is going on. It feels like another Tom King side project. Yeah, I mean and and I love
0: Tom King side projects. Like I I think I think if anything so the the best thing I can say about this is it is an experiment and it's good to experiment. And sometimes experiments don't work and that's okay. Like you have to be, I think Tom King's allowed to write a bad story because if he wasn't allowed to write a bad story, then he wouldn't be able to, then some of the, then he wouldn't have been able to write Mr. Miracle. Like,
1: yeah. You know, well, he could wrap this up and make it interesting, but I'm just not, I mean, the, whole, the, you know, the trauma. Yeah. The,
0: so here's, so here's the problem with him wrapping it up and making it really good those, uh, the other Tom King things are not good because of the ending. I mean, the ending, I liked the ending of Mr. Miracle. Don't get me wrong, but it was kind of an acknowledgement that, that giving you like a true satisfactory ending to something like this is impossible. So it should be like his, his, his books are about kind of, kind of treading water, kind of building character stuff. Uh, but I just I think Heroes in Crisis it's it's not working one because a lot of the, he's not capturing some of these characters' voices and and I at first I thought that was intentional but I'm starting to think maybe it's not maybe he wanted to you know, you know Wally West he wanted to delve into Wally West being really depressed about how his family
1: stopped existing <laughs> around yeah he was brought back from death but you know, you no know else he was
0: so. and. And the way that Wally West is acting is contrary.
1: I mean, I get that. I'm sure you probably saw that a lot in the military. Right.
0: Right. But the thing is the way that these characters are acting when they're overcome with guilt is, is contrary to how, to the tone of these characters. I think you, that somebody could write a scene where Batman cries about all, about all the people who he's trained in that died and stuff. But it wouldn't. But but it wouldn't be. And I mean, I don't think that and that hasn't happened. I, I don't think we've seen Batman in any of the confessionals. But like you you know, some something with with those or with uh, like Har- the couple of times that I've seen Harley Quinn, like her confessionals just don't. They don't feel like that character.
1: Well, and honestly, I mean, he obviously comes from the military background, and I wouldn't be surprised if. Well, I think there's protocol in the military if you go through certain situations that you have to be, you know, go through a psychiatric evaluation, and that sounds exactly like what this would happen. Like, what if you had to give a psychiatric evaluation to every superhero that went mm. through a traumatic experience?
0: Right, and that's an and interesting then, idea. And I and I even think I even think having all the, the heroes just being sad in nine panel grids is an idea. It just he's not. The thing is, when you write it's these established characters, yeah. it has to feel like I'm like I'm hearing those characters talk.
1: Well, yeah, and, and exactly, it feels like this story may have happened, and it almost feels like this could have been one of those like um, what's the the Babylon story that he had? I can't remember exactly what it was called. Sheriff of Babylon, yeah. I think, is what it's it called. Feels like yeah. it could have been one of those stories where they could have done the nine panel thing, where it's more of like the soldiers were going through, like he had a story in his mind and said, okay, which character can I plop in here? Yeah. Well, yeah. Harley's Harley's popular. So maybe we can put her in here and it could be a twist at the end Mm -hmm. because she's really having her own issues, but she needs someone else and we can call her poison Ivy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and, and, and the thing is
0: I, and I also like, I want to emphasize, like I understand that kind of, that the point is that we're seeing a different side of these characters, from what we would normally see. So, I mean, yes, Wally West can be happy most of the time, but when he's in private, he's he's feeling that survivor's guilt and and maybe that's a different thing, but when it's but when it's written, I need to be able to hear to read those words that he's saying and the way that he's talking and believe that that's the character that I yeah. know. And I think, I think that's a, that's a, a real, a real issue with, with this story, especially if that's
1: all it's going to be. Well, yeah, maybe he just needs some more time and actually research the characters a little bit more. And
0: But he knows, I mean, he knows the
1: characters. It's just that he is,
0: this is why I think it's, this is why I think it's an, it's a failed experiment. <laughs> Like he knows these characters. He knows how he knows how to write Booster Gold. He has written Booster Gold has shown up in Batman and stuff. Yeah. And you know, he's written he's written The Flash. He's written, you know, at least Barry, who basically Barry and Wally are the same character now because yeah. of how that character has evolved. But like, so he's he's written these characters. He
1: knows these That's characters. That's why I think he's, he's really trying to he's trying to fit the characters into the story. And story. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's just
1: it's just that he is and I like the idea. No, I think it's a good, yeah. I- interesting idea to explore. You know, the mental health aspect of it. But
0: honestly, I the other thing is like you said, like this could be a war story. If this was, uh, like, the equivalent of of if this was creator owned, if it was, um, what's the? Uh, well, if it was the Invincible Universe, or if it was the. Uh, Crap. What's the Kurt Busiek Astro city. Yeah. Or if it was, or if it was the, I mean, probably not, but, but I mean, if, if he was doing what, what they did with the Watchmen characters, like if these are, if this is a speedster who went through a similar situation, a similar thing that Wally West went through, or if this is a like archetypical time traveler character or, you, you know, cause, cause these, I, I Even, even you could have like a Superman character or a Harley Quinn character or whatever, but because it is literally the canonical version, not even an Elseworlds version of these characters, it just, it makes it, it makes it very difficult to write them saying things that they would never say yet still feeling like those characters.
1: Yeah, so I'm interested to see how the, the final issues will yeah, wrap Yeah, and
0: but. and I mean, I'm gonna finish it because Tom King has that much goodwill from me. Like I'm, yeah, it's definitely I, worth
1: the uh, yeah just to see how it all shakes out.
0: And and also and also, I want to support weird, you know, the juxtaposition of a, of a weird experimental thing with mainstream comics. I think is really, really? cool. Like you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know. Like, yeah, you're allowed to fail. And then, you know, what will happen is uh, he'll finish it and we'll never talk of it again. Or it'll be like notoriously complained about by people on the Internet.
1: (laughs) Well, fortunately, I don't think it's been that terrible for him that it's going to gain that
0: kind of attention. Right. I mean, fortunately, he's still writing Batman and everyone still loves his Batman.
1: Yeah, people – well, I mean, unfortunately for him, but most people probably will forget this happened given a – probably less than a year. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it just – I guess it depends. Like maybe the last – Well, going to be
1: really canon. I mean, do you think anything's going to be there canon? Like anything they're going to be like in a Batman story a year later or even written by another character that they're going to mention anything that happened Uh and –
0: Well, yeah, that was – I mean, honestly, that was the weird thing about – like I feel like this is so separated from continuity. It was weird reading the Batman flash crossover uh, and them acknowledging that, that like Wally West got killed and stuff. Uh, it, it was a weird, yeah. you know, a weird thing.
1: It just, this seems like a more of a pain in the ass for people to have to acclimate to their stories. Yeah. And yeah. I mean,
0: I, but here's the, here's the thing you said, maybe nobody will remember it. Maybe the last three issues will be so bad. <laughs> It'll just become like one of those notorious. I almost at this point that that almost would be nice to like just read like a true just like dumpster fire of the last few issues. Because Tom King has enough clout now that that about that one bad story is not going to not going to hurt his
1: career. Sc- screw it. This is, a, this was like a whole simulation that was in Superman's mind. It was all a dream. Yeah, it was a dream. Like stupid decision. <laughs> like, Should I buy like a mango or a papaya for breakfast <laughs> or something like that? And it's like it spirals out into some mental oh, health. Oh, yeah. Thing. Like,
0: yeah. Um, so, uh, so. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and that. Now nah, I won't. I won't bring that up. Um. Oh. Okay, so, but, you, but here's the, here's the th- this is also a sidetrack thing. I recently, uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Uh, um, I shouldn't have said his name because I'm going to put him on blast. Oh, well, nobody nobody listens this far in the podcast. <laughs> um, so, so he brought up, I was talking to him about superheroes and comics and stuff, and he brought up Spider-Man One More Day. And it's like, do people still care about this? Like, it's, that was, that was over a decade ago. We've had a bunch of great Spider-Man stories.
1: Like, Let people it, make mistakes.
0: It doesn't even, like, well, but one more day, was one more day even a mistake? Like, I think it got, you know, it was, it was clunky. It wasn't like the, it wasn't like the perfect. The perfect choice and we're st- and there's still a little bit of fallout to it that we're dealing with in the books I mean that's why black cats pissed at Peter Parker yeah because because uh he she magic away his uh his I he, he magiced away his identity but it's like so much good has come has come from that like what why would well, you I, I think it was one I,
1: issue uh well I think people kind of see it as like well it's kind of a big bullshit cop out when it comes to everything. But I don't know. I haven't talked to too many people like, yeah, that's like one of my favorite stories. I'm glad that happened.
0: Well, no, I mean, I mean, I'm not, one more day was not a good story. I'll, I'll admit that. And it was like a, a kind of a clunky, you know, punchline or editorial, whatever. But if you, but in hindsight, if you, Think back, think of, of where Peters Parker's character was going and where it would have ended up. I mean, he, he would have just gotten more whiny and more darker. You needed something to kind of give him a, to give him a clean slate. Now is making a deal with Mephisto the best, (laughs) the best choice for that? No, I think I think probably what they what they kind of retconned the retcon into that it was actually Doctor Strange that that yeah. that did the thing. Um, makes well, a little me makes too, a little sense,
1: but is that I did not read this when it came out, so I read this like knowing obviously what happens afterwards. Uh-huh. So I'm sure maybe reading it as it came out would have a more of a more impactful feeling to it, like as to the story, and so. Like looking back at it now, that's like, like just like you said, it's a retcon, a red Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't hold anything personal against.
0: But that. it's it's just it's just funny that it's just funny that he brought it up in, yeah, it in just completely out of nowhere in conversation. Uh, I listened to a pod. I was listening to a podcast the other day about um <sighs> Spider-Man video games, and they brought up the, the Mephisto thing. And it's like, it's so infamous and so, but it's like, it's one thing that happened in one comic. And there've been so, there were so many good stories before so many good stories after afterward. There've also been so many retcons throughout comics. I mean, I mean, the new 52 is basically the same thing, (laughs) you know, you had a bunch of, except for on a larger scale, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, I think that they, I mean, I mean, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe if it happened now, they'd just be like, oh yeah. And uh, I mean, cause they just made everybody forget daredevils identity. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was kind of a, kind of a strange well, thing that people still care about that. It's like, it's like in 2000, it's like in 2010 when I was, when somebody was like still ranting about the clone saga.
1: It's probably one of those decisions, like story making. You probably wonder what the editors were thinking. Like, uh, mm. ah, let's just go ahead and well, withdraw I mean, all the information everyone's has and start yeah, over. Yeah, no, I don't care.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the editors were. Th- the, I mean, there's 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 reasons that they that they chose to uh, to undo his marriage, undo Peter Parker's marriage, and uh, and um, and not kill Aunt May and undo his, you know, secret identity thing. Cause you can't have you can't have you can't tell a classic Spider Man story and have everybody know his identity. I mean, it just wouldn't be it wouldn't feel Spider it wouldn't be Spider Man. It would be a different character. Yeah. Um Yeah, so
1: I mean that's one of those things where like, you know, obviously letting that information go, and they should do the point of no return where Sure. Let's just insert Dr. Strange. It's, yeah. You
0: know, yeah. It would have been. Off. Yeah. I think Doc, I think if, if they had, yeah, if, if they had not literally had to be the, be Mephisto, uh, it might've gotten a little, but it probably still would have gotten a bunch of hate. Cause, but also you know, Mary Jane's not that interesting of a character. I said it
1: every oh, other tired. person,
0: every other person that, that, uh, that Spider-Man has ever dated is more interesting than Mary Jane.
1: Yeah, well, he's, like, he's dated around. don't like an issue where Peter Parker gets tested for syphilis or something else like that. I don't think he's ever – he does not really slept with that many of them. Uh, do you, we know that? I mean, come on. He's been around. Um, well, okay. So this is – like I'm a guy. I'm straight. I just remember um, Spider-Man 1, with Toby. And he wakes up the next day, puts on his glasses, and he's ripped. I'm like, come on. You're saying that all of those women that have met Peter Parker are
0: so taking advantage of that? So let's let's think I'm just thinking in brand new day era. So uh, Michelle Gonzalez, they made it seem like he slept with her, but he actually passed out after having one champagne. They just one did glass of champagne. Out. No, no, they, no, they, they made it seem like he was, it was like a morning after thing, but, but actually that's not what happened. Um, he, her to he I'm sure that, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that with, um, I, I mean, definitely this, we literally like practically saw them have sex, uh, black him have sex with black cat in this last issue.
1: Yeah, um, I, I and, really uh, wish that was the reason that him and MJ broke up was because Peter wanted to force her, or actually force her to get an abortion. And it wasn't to do with, like, any other superhero stuff.
0: Like, let's, let's get uh, real. Okay, that's... Uh, <laughs> no, see, that would t- that would take him in the wrong direction. That's the whole reason.
1: Well, t- well, this is actually kind of a segue to kind of what I was, mes- what I was thinking about. So... Um, Chip Zdarsky is coming out with the new Spider-Man and the premise is, is like what happened to Spider-Man actually does age. So the first issue is him hanging off a helicopter going into Vietnam. So he's going to do a series of Spider-Man aging in real time. Hmm.
0: That's and I'm interested interesting.
1: to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean,
0: we've seen older Peter in a couple of incarnations with uh, the Marvel two, uni- the Marvel two universe was uh spider girl. And then, um, renew your vows is actually, I have I've gone back and read some of it, uh, spun out of the continuity that was established in secret wars, uh, where yeah, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are still married and they have a young daughter and they all fight crime together. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, it's, it's really good. Like you can tell stories in that. It's just like,
1: should DC it, does it all the time. They have so many different damn- Different universes and planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh changes how much is actual re- okay, so one thing, Marvel's nice because they actually put like six one six on it. Uh huh. DC, like label your earth. Well, I guess it what is I guess it's Earth One. Yeah. Some of this Earth One. So there's Earth I think it's Earth.
0: It's just called so, Earth or something. Because earth. Okay. earth One is the is the original graphic novel line. And then Earth Two is another thing. That's confusing. Um,
1: This is just called like Earth (laughs) Junior. Well, you had Earth Earth Prime,
0: Earth Earth Third, (laughs) Earth Prime, which was Superboy Prime's Earth. I mean, they definitely they have them. They have titles, and Earth Three is the um with the Crime Syndicate.
1: We'll see Earth Three, Earth Prime. Let's like let's like, get out of the Dewey Decimal system at least right right we need to be able to catalog these worlds
0: yeah I mean I mean yeah Marvel does everyone has a you know like the ultimate universe was one six one six or something like that um
1: like, name like earth 420 or 187 or something dumb like that. And there's a lot
0: there's a lot of them that are um based on the the they're based on the date of the first appearance of Verif of various characters and yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of alternate earths in the DC universe, uh, doomsday clock, uh, this last issue was good. It was, uh, the people, they were actually fighting Dr. Manhattan and stuff.
1: Yeah. They're, uh, in fisticuffs.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, still, it's still so good. Like, I don't care if it has anything to do with, DC continuity or whatever. I just kind of like reading it. And I don't even remember, like, I don't remember what happened in the issue, like really in detail or like issue to issue. Cause if there's like three months between them, like I'm not, but it's just like, every time I pick up an issue, I'm just like, this is, you know, this is refreshing. This is them. You know, this is Jeff Johns writing like Alan Moore. This is, uh, whoever's doing the art kind of a lot of times drawing in the style of kind of get Dave Gibbonsy. It just feels, it feels even more like a continuation to Watchmen than any of the, before Watchmen stuff
1: did. Well, it, it was funny because I was like, um, like I was so excited for this issue and I have no idea why. <laughs> um, I was like really excited for everything that's been kind of going on and, um, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, it was definitely an interesting issue probably because I thought like I'm looking at it like, OK, we're getting to 9 out of 12. We're going to have to start ramping it up a little bit. And then my dumbass like clicked on some article about how Doctor Manhattan destroys a Green Lantern ring and like a snap of its fingers or whatever. Obviously it wasn't that easy, but it probably was that easy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean I, I, I liked how they, they kind of pushed along – I mean, the bullshit with like the tachyon clouds, like I can't see the immediate future. I'm like, well, that sounds exactly like the movie or or not like the movie, but it sounds exactly like, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, uh,
0: well, the movie um, and
1: the book, yeah, it was,
0: (laughs) was, did you know the Watchmen movie was based on a a graphic novel by Alan Moore?
1: Exactly. That's what I'm like saying that. Cause like, actually, I watched it not too long ago. That's why, and I just remember him saying, like, my outlook is cloudy because of the tachyons. Yeah. So that was the first thing I just remember seeing the movie. Then, of course, when I say that, I'm like, wow, you sound like a thing. <laughs> <dude."> um, but <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was thinking of. It's like, and of course, when you you, you kind of see out in the the horizon, you see that the same structure that was in the movie and well, in the book and everything else. Like <laughs> and the but, one of the um, one of the greatest single issues
0: of of any comic book ever was that, uh, that, that Dr. Manhattan issue. I think it's issue eight of Watchmen where, you know, he's like, as I'm standing here talking to you, it is 1950s and I'm uh, drinking a beer. The first time a woman had ever bought me (laughs) a beer. And like that, that issue, that is my favorite issue of any comic ever. Uh, JMS and before Watchmen, like, just tried to his, his Dr. Manhattan series was just like kind of trying to ape that style. And, and this issue started like that. And I was like, that's great. But then it kind of, you know, it it did deviate a little bit. Uh, but yeah, man, it's good. I like reading it. I haven't reread. I also, I haven't reread Watchmen in a long time. I need to, uh, need to sit down and reread it. The movie just hit 10 years old. So,
1: well, I was hoping to see some more kind of like mime stuff. Um, this issue. Um, but I mean, still, oh, I totally forgot soft. that
0: those characters even existed. See, I don't remember what happened in the issue before. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about anything except for every time I read it. I just, I just am engrossed. I'm just re- enjoying every issue. I need to sit down and reread the whole story up to this point too. I need to reread a lot of things. apparently, <coughs>
1: yeah it's, it's funny because every time I look at a watchman, I'm like I look at that as like it must being like an actual book I'm like oh my God yeah. there's so much reading
0: well like uh both uh my friend my friend from uh, he was my drummer back in the day uh, his name is Kyle we did the the Kendall and Kyle's comic review which is no longer searchable on YouTube but uh, if so. you really if you really try maybe you can find. Some of the closest, it's the very, early, very origins of Kendall, but, uh, uh, we both were talking about reading Watchmen and up to that point, a, a comic book was exactly the length that it took to take a dump. <laughs> like you read, you know, you read a book, you read a comic, you know, you're like relaxing, taking a nice long dump takes like, you know, five or 10 minutes an issue of Watchmen (laughs) takes a lot longer. So you'd be done (laughs) and you're like halfway through the issue. Oh yeah. You get hemorrhoids reading (laughs) Watchmen
1: comics on the toilet. That's funny.
0: But, but he and I both independently came to that conclusion. Like he brought it up, but I was like, that totally happened to me. Uh, the, one of the first times that I read Watchmen. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff, though. Watchmen is a good comic, though.
1: Yeah. Man, I can't believe they made a comic out of that movie. That is amazing. <laughs> I, and I hear it's a really good comic, too. So, so. so speaking of... Alan Moore is great with movie adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He, he should get way more credit than he does. I mean, I
0: mean, you know, he also he also adapted V for Vendetta, right?
1: You know what? Yeah. I. But th- what they should do that with more more other movies too, like like Sin City. That would probably be a really good movie. <laughs> like Batman is like really an impact it. <laughs>
0: any anyway anyway um <laughs> what's going on right now so so uh so we both saw captain marvel over the weekend right yeah i loved it i thought it was uh it was just thoroughly enjoyable it hit me i think it just hit me at the right time cuz i i i don't know i i it's just <coughs> something about it like i really i really liked what they did with her character i liked that there was a lot of sam jackson um, I liked that it, it didn't feel like it was hitting the same textbook superhero origin points that we get. And also like, you know, I was, I, I still am all for girl power. Uh, like, like man at the end, when my favorite moment, my favorite moment was at, at toward the end. So spoilers, I guess, if anybody cares, um, yeah. When, like, she's already, like, single-handedly sent the entire fleet away, and, uh, what's-his-face, uh, uh, Hugh Laurie, or whatever his name is, uh, is like, okay, now just fight me without your superpowers and prove that you're, you know, good Hugh stuff. Laurie, Law. <laughs> Whatever his name is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. One of those British white guys. Anyway. But, but, but she's, and she just zaps him. She's like, I have nothing to prove to you. I, that was the best. Cause it's like, I mean, if, if, the, if she had, you know, beaten him up or whatever, like, you know, that's beaten him up on his own terms, her just being like, fuck you, I have superpowers.
1: Well, I I read somewhere – I wish I could take this as an original thought, but someone said it's exactly like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark where he just – like the guy pulls out his sword and stuff like that. He just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Yep, yep. And I'll bet she didn't
0: have violent diarrhea that day.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, But yeah, it was just – I mean with that movie too and it was funny because my boss, he went to go see it over the weekend – I actually saw it last night and he said, Oh, he goes, um, he thought it was amazing. It was one of those like, man, I wish like it wouldn't have taken so long for her to, you know, show, show her full powers. And I'm like, that's really the only My only complaint is I wish it was a little bit longer or I wish there was like a bigger bad guy that she could have taken down. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ronan was obviously smart enough to realize that he needed to nope out of that situation. really Right. Quick.
0: Right. I really liked. So, so I will say about that situation cause I was watching it and I was like, Part of because, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sort of like thinking both, like, do I like this scene? Do I not like this scene? Because there was some stuff in it that, like, in a different movie, it would have really bothered me. So, you know, he they drop like a gajillion bombs, and I'm like, it's taking all of her power to push one back. And it's like, oh, of course, there's a chain reaction and it blows up all of them. That's, you know, and it's like, yeah. but you know what? These guys showed up expecting to just completely you know, just bombard a planet that has absolutely no, you know, no space capabilities, no defense whatsoever. That's even, even, you know, they didn't expect to see anything. And then, and yeah, she, you know, she's crazy powerful. I mean, admittedly, she's very, very, very powerful, but I, I suspect she's probably at a similar power level to like Iron Man.
1: Well, and well, I, I, no, I think she's probably, well, in the way they describe it, it's like, well, so she is. They assume that she gets her power derived from the Tesseract or from uh-huh. the Infinity Stone. So she should be on the level of at least um, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, which they got theirs from Infinity Stone as well. Yeah, same with Vision. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess, but uh, she should. Like th- people are saying, like, well, I heard that like they like they nerfed her big time. Like she's probably going to be Thor level. So,
0: okay. So I always go back to that scene. And this is why the first Avengers movie is so great. In the first Avengers movie, we established that Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man and Captain America are all at relatively similar power levels. Uh, the reason that I bring up Iron Man specifically, I mean, whether they're, you know. Well,
1: Iron Man made famous bleed, so There's obviously something to yeah, that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Iron Man. Yeah, that's
1: right. Iron Man he's was. not like, he's not like.
0: Powerful. Yeah. Iron Man is extremely powerful. All these characters are extremely powerful. Yeah. I just, I just don't, I just um, like, I don't think that she, if, if in the next movie, there is a bad guy that she fights, that it is a legitimate threat, that she's not just totally destroying them. That's not, I don't think that would be out of character because, because I do think that the reason she, she kicks so much ass in such a short time and it's so ri- insanely powerful is that she's just, she's fighting against people that are completely unprepared what they're going up against. And that's, yeah, that's why, that's why Ronan said, yeah, we're going to, we'll be back. You know, I mean,
1: yeah. Oh, and then, I mean, it obviously makes sense why he holds the test rack in such high regard, you know, during dark world and uh-huh. all this other stuff. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I can't wait for her to come back and with all this other stuff. I just think it was, um, it was good in the fact where I felt like I wanted more. I uh-huh. wanted to see oh, more of her. I I totally I
0: that was I when it ended I was like what is that the ending?
1: Yeah, I'll because it's be kind of quick.
0: Because I did power. I did kind of think there could have been one more act of her going to the Cree homeworld and doing something.
1: Whooping butt, yeah.
0: But then afterwards, afterwards, I was thinking, you know, there's another character in these Marvel Cinematic Universe who has had some pretty good movies, who his first movie was a period piece that kind of felt a little incomplete and was setting up for a larger movie. You know, it came out right directly before a larger movie. And then he had the strongest, probably the strongest trilogy trilogy of the entire of the entire saga Captain America obviously I mean his I think Captain America Winter Soldier and Civil War regardless of the merits of your individual or what's your favorite I think I think that is the strongest trilogy we've seen I mean it's better than the than the three Iron Man movies it's you know as a whole it's better than the three Thor movies as a whole You know what I mean
1: Yeah it's better than the well, three man, Guardians of the Galaxy Ah, Ragnarok is one of my favorite. I don't. I don't think it was nearly as good as Ragnarok. So, but but I'm saying as a, but I'm
0: saying like like the three movies as a whole.
1: Because because yeah, Thor has yeah. the Dark yeah. World
0: and and I mean well, the original
1: because it's like you know eight hours of well, not eight hours but like six hours of Thor movies and he was technically you know Phase One.
0: No, no, I'm not. I'm not, and I'm not even necessarily saying. I mean, I guess we could, I, I, I feel like the, I feel like the, the common, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Like the common, uh, uh, pfft, uh, uh, discourse or whatever the, the agreed upon the captain America trilogy is the strongest trilogy, regardless of the individual movies is the strongest trilogy of all the, of, of all the characters that have, that have three movies already. Um, and even if that, even if there are other ones, I would say we all agree that those are good movies, right? Yeah. And I think, I think part of the reason that the that the three Captain America movies are so good is that they didn't tell the whole story in the first movie. And so I think with Captain Marvel, it's really interesting because they could, first of all, she isn't frozen in time until Avengers Endgame. Yeah. She is going around doing stuff for those, uh, whatever 25 years in between. Uh, so they could do another, you know, they could, they could do captain Marvel two taking place as soon as she gets to the Kree world or doing, you know, Kree scroll war, call it the Kree scroll war and then drew a completely original story. Cause it won't have anything to do with the actual comics. Um,
1: be pretty cool.
0: Also, I think that the, especially if this is supposed to be setting up for, the next uh, million bajillion movies. I think secret invasion is inevitable at this point.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of those. And personally, I would love it. I think it's a good way to go. Um, I mean, I, cause I was trying to think too. of like, what, okay. What other, um, we already did civil war. I mean, no fear would be dumb. No one would care about that. Um, like, Siege would be tough because you definitely do not have um, a lot of the characters needed for that in play. I'm kind of curious to see what the next one would look like. The next, I guess movie event.
0: I mean, I think you could probably do a dark rain type thing, except for they would have to have like a few stronger villains. Um, But no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking secret invasion. Uh, Here's my pitch. Uh, so we saw, so we saw the end of Captain Marvel. She goes with the scrolls to the Kree world to like make all, give the scrolls a new home, basically make everything all better. Give the scrolls a new home, punch the Kree's in the face, whatever. I think she fails at that. I don't think we see that in a in a whole in a movie in and of itself. I think that we see glimpses of it in flashbacks in a movie set in modern day. Also the, the nice scroll guy, he died at that. He died back then. Yeah. And his, and, and, and the, and he was the, the new leaders of the scrolls are the like weird, hyper religious, uh, you know, embrace change things that we saw in, in the secret invasion comic. And then, and then we, Either I mean, it's, I mean, freaking, it's not, I mean, it won't be Electra because Electra is not in the MCU, but yeah. a major character ki- dying and turn and, and being revealed as a scroll. It was a, I mean, that was a post credit sequence before post credit sequences were a thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, so that's, you know, so somebody gets revealed as that, you know, Then in the next, you know, in the next phase of movies, everybody, you know, everybody doesn't trust each other and various people turn into scrolls, and blah, 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 blah. Like all the different movies have that as a plot point in addition to whatever other plot points they have. And then you end with an Avengers movie that's a straight up, you know, secret invasion. Maybe bring back, you know, at that point, maybe you bring back some characters from the previous, you know, whose contracts roll out ended or whatever, or, uh <coughs> or yeah, you reveal that so-and-so has been a scroll all along, you know, it, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's, it's supernatural. Like it's a, it's a very super, like you could very much fit it into the type of story that they tell in these movies. But yeah, so, so, what did you think of the scrolls, though, not being villains?
1: Um, that was actually a very unexpected twist. So that was really nice for me. Um, I enjoyed that, and um, Ben Mendelsohn, which plays Talos, he is um, one of my favorite actors right now. Uh huh. I was like seeing him. I mean, he was good in Rogue One, but he's been in um, another, another number of other movies and TV series that I've really liked. Um, so he kind of stole the show for me a little bit. Um, I mean, I did like it being more of a female centric movie. It felt like it seems like like it took way too long for that to happen. Um, Brie Larson was really good, especially with the script that she was given. Um, I liked the nineties ties to it. I mean, that's kind of my prime time growing up. I liked,
0: I liked that they didn't go, I didn't feel like they went
1: overboard with it. Exactly. Yeah. They could have gone like delve head over. Like that's what I'm worried about with wonder woman is that they're just going to go like so stupid to eighties that it's not even going to be a good story.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is why I I always talk about why I love how I loved guardians and I hated guardians too. Right. Like this is guardians. This movie was guardians. This was, we've got some, you know, we're going to, we've got a fun nineties soundtrack that we're going to use we're going to make reference to windows 95 into blockbuster and, and a cup and, you know, a big, a big cell phone. Colson has a giant, you know, Colson has a giant cell phone and everything. You know, we're going to kind of make nineties references or whatever, but that's not what the story's about. We're just, you know, we're just kind of having some fun with that it, uh, in an, uh, in an otherwise just like really solidly written, uh, story that kind of has something to say.
1: Yeah. um, I liked my one of my favorite parts is when uh, Captain Marvel went Super Saiyan at the end. <laughs> and then uh, Piccolo showed up yeah. well, with the rest of his family and they yeah. went to a different planet. Yeah, I mean, I, mean
0: <laughs> I, I OK, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I've I've heard some like comments of like, oh, she went Super Saiyan. But it's like, I mean. Also, that's kind of how, like, every superhero gets
1: – Oh, I, I, I just know. read something today that just made me kind of laugh because it's funny because, I mean, she kind of does look like how I really wanted Goku to look like. Right, when right. He was and, um, I mean, I, I, honestly, I didn't think the Scroll makeup was that terrible to be offensive, to complain. I like it. Honestly, I thought that twist was really nice. Yeah. Um, and again, kind of with the Jude Law thing, I liked how she ended in Jonestom. Um, I did do some reading on the movie and some Easter egg stuff. And obviously the Cree inhibitor chip was introduced back in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I liked the Flurrigan. Yes, and, yes. Uh, oh, man, that was... And Fury. Just... And the big part about that, too, I like how they just could tell when they weren't Scrawls because, you know, they only called me Fury. My mama called me Fury. Everyone calls me right, Fury. Right, right. That and reminded it's... me of the uh, of the
0: X-Files episode where uh, where Scully says that, uh, that, his, that his parents called him Mulder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they had some really good parts to it. And, uh, I mean, overall, I thought it was... Um, it was it was very enjo- entertaining. Um, didn't again. I, I, it's kind of like you said. I just wanted some more time. I just mm. almost wish we could see her display her powers a little bit yeah. more. Um, but with that being said, I think it is almost like the perfect appetizer for Endgame.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so it's definitely has it has got it, it got me more. I will say this movie got me excited for the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that I have not been. In a long time, like, like, cause I'm not just excited about her. Like I've been excited about individual movies and, and, you know, really enjoyed various individual movies. Kind of, you know, this is a, this is a special one or whatever, but I, I, this, yes, it makes me want to see end game. I might, yeah, I might rewatch all of them first all of the movies. Oh yeah. Like I'm kind of thinking maybe would would do If I do it would you do it? And we could do a podcast lo- about it. I'd love to try. Or or as many of them as we can. Okay, yeah, here's the plan. I'll push as many as I can try. Here's the plan. Uh we're saying it on the podcast so five people will hold us accountable. Um we'll watch as yeah, as many of them as we can and then in and then bef- the week before Endgame comes out, we will do a podcast that is us kind of like unraveling everything. Like everything that is the that was the lead up. Does that sound does that sound like a plan? You know, you know, just like really yeah. just like, you know, these are the good movies, these are the bad movies, this is what happened, this is what's unessential, this is my favorite thing. I was wrong about this movie. All right.
1: Well, I think it would be good too, because I'll probably have to um, binge watch some of those movies in the same day. So it'd be kind of fun to uh, try to pack those in. And do we want to do um, actual like appropriate viewing order? Or is this going to be pretty much like I can watch all the four movies back to back if I want to, or do I have to keep, I feel like it doesn't, I do do whichever.
0: I think, I think, uh, Whatever sparks joy. Wait, Yeah, exactly. And whatever. <laughs> I mean, this is we probably. We, yeah, I mean, it's freaking 21 movies to watch in a month. Uh, <laughs> however, we can. However, we can pull it off.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm to squeeze it. Out. It'll be uh, some little Marvel watching. It'll
0: yeah, I just. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I if I wanted to make sure that you were up for it because it's April 18th is when the movie comes out, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, actually, I think I actually got moved back to the very end of the
0: month. When have the 29th. I'm going to be wrong. Let's see what Google has to say. April 26th. 22nd. Okay.
1: Is going to say, I thought they moved it kind of more back. All
0: right. So so just over a month, uh, but we'll have to record. I mean, we'll have to record a couple days before that, obviously. But
1: Yeah. Maybe that'll be good. I'll, gosh, 20th, I'll do my best. April 26th is a Tuesday. <laughs>
0: It's getting released. on
1: national release, yeah. That's that's be some ridiculous stuff. Yeah, that has to be some like weird like New Zealand release. Well, it's it's
0: because they no, it's it's because they want the weekend to be one, two, three, four, five, six days long. Yeah. With a with a a pre with a pre release on Monday, they want a they want a seven day long weekend is why so that they can be like this movie made eighty five billion dollars.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's still going to be you know, taking in a trillion dollars. They could have opened it up on Sunday at 4.30.
0: No, because if they open it up on Sunday, then opening weekend would be one day, right?
1: Yeah, well, it's still <laughs> make a bajillion bucks. They probably have like wines going right out the back. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'll, well, that, that sounds like fun.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, was there anything else you wanted to discuss before we wrap things up?
1: Yeah, I think um, that pretty much covers it for now. So um, hopefully, the next time that we all uh, talk to you will be uh, the lead up to um, Endgame.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll be like actually, Thor: The Dark World is the best Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I don't know. I, I've only seen Thor: The Dark World. One, I've only seen most of them once. So. It'll be, it'll be interesting because that's how you watch movies now. You don't watch them more than once. I mean –
1: Well, I feel like um, – well, I've been watching – I think I've watched uh, Ragnarok since I've been on Netflix probably about four times. Um, not all of it like through the way through. Like sometimes I'll uh, – if I'm, if I'm stuck – well, I, I don't want to say I'm stuck watching the baby. If I'm watching my baby boy because um, my wife has some work stuff in the evenings, sometimes I'll put that on in the background. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love the part when he just takes, rides out of the lightning bolt down onto the Rainbow Bridge, towards the very end, and then immigrant song plays, and he just just beating the shit out of everybody. That that might be my favorite Marvel moment, and I just remember sitting there holding him, like son, watch this moment. This is the greatest Marvel Cinematic Universe moment ever. Um, so I've kind of put in the background And rewatched it uh, What I have to do is check out And see which uh, movies are going to be Available And I I don't want to spend extra money to to watch dark world again. So (laughs) there may be a couple movies there. that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if like the financial investments really worth it, even if it's under five bucks.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I don't, yeah, we'll Yeah. I don't know how much is available where, and I mean, you can probably find, you can probably find a lot of that by nefarious means. No, Um, that's a very good point. And, uh, if I, I mean, I, if I get stuff, I mean, I can probably, I probably have, you know, there's, There's also various ways that we could, that I could, you know, we could share logins for things or whatever, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see how, we'll see how we do it. All right. Uh, Well, thanks a lot, everyone for listening. Um, If you are, if you are wanting more Kendall, I am actually guesting on a podcast called games. My mom found Uh, it probably is uh, already on the iTunes and the stuff. Uh, by the time this episode goes up because I'm slow at editing, uh, but it's going to be on March the 20th. It should go live, I believe, or maybe the 19th. Um, but I'm going to be discussing golden eye for N64 on that episode. So
1: nice. Been kind of following some of your posts on that. That was a great game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it actually holds up. It holds up pretty well, except for, I, I have to play it on super on the extra easy mode, but. Yeah, yeah. Although there's this one level that like freaking, there's so many enemies that the game like glitches out. It's
1: ridiculous. Like you walk in control center or whatever where everyone comes down from the stairs.
0: Uh, yeah. With uh, where you're, you start
1: out in the The jail cell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then yeah, and you freaking let her out, and she like walks in front of your gun constantly. Ugh, yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of problem with those games. But Golden I mean, I remember playing that in college, just especially multiplayer mode and getting mad at people that picked odd job and or in like slappers only mode and yeah. stuff like that. So I mean Yeah, those are a lot of fun memories.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good it, and it does actually like even the single player campaign, aside from some things that are infuriating about it, I mean modern games also have infuriating things. It actually holds up yeah. really well because it's I think it's because it is very much the the it is the it is one step past doom like it feels it feels a lot closer to like to like doom and wolfenstein and stuff like that than yeah. than it does more modern shooters but it also has like i don't know i feel like it has more more of a modern mind uh phlo- design philosophy or something i don't know uh, you'll hear me talk about it on the thing with, for the stuff and I'm going to go play it now. So, uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, until next time, uh, keep watching those MCU movies.
1: Prepare for the end game.